What's up, friends? I am so excited for today's episode. You guys are going to love it. I have one of my new friends on the show today, Joelle Cease. She is a personal trainer and fitness instructor, and she's going to be talking to us about cycle syncing your workouts. Like, yes, so much yes in that. And I'm going to tell you guys, I just got done editing this episode, and I feel a little vulnerable because throughout this interview, you can hear her working on me and my perception and some of my resistance to exercise during certain phases of my cycle. So (laughs) warning, my stuff is showing in this episode, Uh, but I hope it helps you guys and I hope it helps you overcome some of the resistance we definitely can feel during certain times of the month and give ourselves permission to just move in new and different ways as we cycle sync. So excited for it. Now, just a reminder, guys, we are doing a sale this month. Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations for $50 off. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com, click on courses, and all the information is going to be there for you guys. You can check out each module, how much time is spent in each module. The coolest part about this course is it is something that lays a food foundation for you guys so that you don't get hung up on the shame and the guilt and all the diet culture stuff. I mean, some of us have that stuff back from we were kids, like five or six years old. And all that stuff really gunks up our relationship with food. And then we have all this emotional attachment. So it's not like we can just, you know, have a salad for lunch because we think it's healthy for us. No, it it like triggers all our stuff. It reminds us of when somebody in our family forced us to eat a salad because they told us we were too fat. And you know, it's just, it's all that ick. Ugh. And so this course helps to break up with all of that and get back in touch with your biological feedback and then overlap that with your values and with your fuel plan. I am writing a fuel plan for every single person that enrolls in it. We talked lots about that on the show yesterday, but yeah, so check it out. Head on over, enter summer steel exclamation point at checkout and you'll get that $50 off. I'm doing a disclaimer right now because my kids are in the background and I keep telling them to be quiet for like two minutes, but they are boys and they just can't do it. (laughs) What are you making? A little folder for my art. That's a beautiful folder. Thank you for stapling it while your mom is trying to record. All right, let's go ahead and dive into today's show. Yes, of course, we're making a lot of noise. Don't boys always make noise? (laughs) Noisy boys. Okay, guys, I am so excited today. I have a special, special guest for you guys. You know, I've been doing this Fuel Your Workout series. We've been talking a lot about nutrition and how to fuel around your workouts, but we got to talk about the meat of this, which is actually the workout. And I am really, really excited. I have Joelle Cease on here with me today, guys. She's incredible. Like she is the kind of person that I just want to hang out with and I want to work out with the way she talks about fitness. It's motivating, it's empowering, and she brings the experience, but also just the glitter, like the fun of it and makes it something that we want to engage in. So she's been a health and fitness coach for over a decade. She's got experience in virtual coaching and group fitness. She is host of the Feminine Fitness Podcast, which the way you talk about moving your body is something that's very in alignment with what I talk about here on the podcast, which is moving in a way that is empowering and feels good and based on your body's biofeedback, specifically your hormones and your cycle. So super excited to have you on today, Joelle. Thanks for being here. 
I am so pumped to be here. And likewise, I equally adore you and so pumped to chat today. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you got to this place of wanting to help women in this realm of fitness and cycle syncing? Absolutely. And so fitness has always been a fun part of my life. Like from a teenager to like in my 20s, pre-kids and post-kids, Fitness for me was always something I've looked forward to. My brain never really goes to that conversation of like, oh, I, I'm dreading this workout or I have to work out because I've always focused on the after effect I've felt after a workout. I've always felt, I always feel so much better. The days that I do not work out, I notice I am so impatient with my kids. But when I had my second son, I got back into fitness and nutrition and my typical healthy habits after I had him and I was working out, I was eating like healthy ish, like eating very well, but not super dedicated or disciplined or depriving, but I was still at a weight that was very close to my nine month pregnancy weight. I had this weight that was lingering and I was like, I had a one and a half year old. So it wasn't like I was six weeks or six months postpartum. I was a year and a half postpartum. And I'm like, okay, well, with my fitness background and experience pre-kids in the bodybuilding world, my brain went to, okay, you can clean it up. You can dial it in. You can cut more calories. You could start doing two a days. But as a woman with a one and a half <laughs> and like three and a half year old at that time, I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah no. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like it's going to fit into a line with my life. And so that really led me to thinking like, there has to be a way that I can start working with my body because this traditional advice of work out more, eat less, it's just even causing me to gain more weight back because, you know, you lose that initial weight after having your baby. And then a year and a half of working out, I'm seeing my weight go the opposite direction. I'm yep. like, hey, there's got to be a different way of doing things. So I started re uh, researching and learning about how our body is significantly different throughout the month. So with mm -hmm. guys, their hormone fluctuations are on a 24 hour time clock. So that's typically why guys have you know, energy bursts at the typical time, same time throughout each day. But as women, some days, and this is why I love cycle thinking so much, because as women, we so many times feel like, why do I feel like this? Why am I feeling blah today? Why am I feeling off today? And knowing what your hormones are doing throughout your cycle phases brings grace and awareness to our biology. And instead of feeling like we are victim to our hormones, we can be empowered by them and know, okay, well, these are the things that are supportive of my hormones in this phase, instead of doing this, which is completely draining and depleting. Yes. I so appreciate how you talk about the cycle and like bringing an awareness to it, because I think it's something that if we don't, we don't bring that grace that you think about. And I I'm just thinking of me, like when I first connected with my hormones and it's, this is going to sound so silly, but before you do this, you don't know, right. You don't know what you don't know. And I'll never forget. Like my mood swings are 
pretty severe and I've learned how to manage them a little bit better. But there was this one point, it was a Wednesday and I, I was at work and I got into this like mental space of oh, what is my life? You know, where I just like get into this like depressed mood. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. I need to change everything. And I used to really engage in that and go down a rabbit hole and I would sleep more and really like in this depressive space. And it was on a Wednesday and I was going for a walk, hit me so fast where I was like, wait a second. I felt this exact same way a month ago Mm -hmm. and it passed within a couple of days. And so really it opened up this world to like, I don't operate on a 24 hour clock. I operate on a 28 to 32 day clock. And there's so much that changes with that. And instead of feeling that like depression and that fatigue and fighting it, like you're talking about and trying to rein it in and control it, I've got to just let it be what it is. Now, in terms of exercise, what I notice is like when I get in that really, yeah, my what is my life stage, you know, phase, which it happens to be right around seven to 14 days before my period, I also get really, really tired and exhausted. Now, is that normal? It is. And it's directly because that is the phase where your estrogen is and testosterone are dipping mm-hmm. and progesterone, which is the like, call, they call it the calming hormone. A lot of hormonal experts and doctors, the progesterone is the calming hormone. But I think because of society and pressures that we put on ourselves as women, instead of thinking that that feeling of progesterone rising as being like our, our mellow mood reliever, Mm -hmm. we think that that's uncomfortable. Like instead, Mm -hmm. maybe the next cycle you go through where it's about that week before your period, instead of thinking of it as like, this is where I'm more down, think, ask yourself like, or does this feel a little bit more mellow, content, slow motion? Oh, I love that. Or progesterone. Yep. Progesterone is high. Estrogen and testosterone are low during that phase. So it only makes sense that doing, and I, I have those phases too, that phase too, where it's like, you question everything, <laughs> but then you go through like follicular and ovulation phase and you're like, I'm amazing. I can yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. the, the to-do list is really the big thing. Cause it's like follicular ovulation phase. You can make this big, long to-do list and check all the boxes and have tons of energy to do all of the things after you've done all of those things. But then it's like late luteal and menstrual phase, that type, that same to-do list would make you feel overwhelmed, depleted, frustrated. So what I love to teach is aligning fitness and lifestyle with our cycle. So we're solely focused on what's supportive right now. I love that so much because I think if you're not connected, you do get stuck in that immediate emotion, right? And you can feel trapped and it can actually work against your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. Like before I made that connection, I was like, okay, this is just my life. And and then I would like give into it for quite a few days and feel awful. So what's your advice to the women who maybe haven't made that connection just yet? Like they haven't identified their, their cycle patterns. Like how do you get people introduced to that? Yeah. So the first step is to first know, like, it's 100% okay. If you're like, what the heck is a luteal phase? And (laughs) Because I didn't even know that till my late twenties either, when I was starting to really dip my toe into this, because I first dipped my toes into it. And then I dipped my best friend's toes into it. And then I started to incorporate it into some clients. And now that's how feminine fitness has 
grown and evolved. But the first thing is I really do shout out this app. I'm not even affiliated with it, but the app, my flow. So it's M Y F L O and it's a dollar 99, but every person who has gotten it has said it is so worth it because she does incorporate some cycle syncing stuff in there, but you can start taking notes. So for me, I started to notice that dip and down and maybe a little bit of depressive, depressive feelings the week before my period. And when I was aware of that and saw that it was happening on a consistent basis, and I would write down if a day I felt so good, I would write, I would track that in the app as well. So that is the first thing because she does kind of encompass and give like a little cycle syncing 101 just within the app and then just start tracking when you do get when you do start day one of your menstrual phase make sure you mark that into the app you will then see like okay well this is when I'm expecting to be in this phase and in that phase and so it's a really great way of breaking down like sometimes it'll if you set the reminders it'll pop up and say hey you're rolling into luteal phase and I think that app is just a great step one. I wish I would have met you years ago when before, you know, when I was struggling with this and not understanding what was going on in my body. I love that you teach the awareness and like listening to your body. Cause that's really what I talk a lot about here on the show is what does your body say about it? What's your body telling you? Like getting back to that core place of listening to your body, as opposed to trying to like, like I love your words, control it and rein it in. Um, that's just amazing. And really it does take some time and some journaling and some reflection to get there. Yeah. I love that, but so worth it. Cause yeah, now I know my cycle and I know I get in those like depressive moments. So I call them my give up on life and watch Netflix days. So I don't try to tackle the to-do list. I give myself that grace that you talk about and I chill out. I like do, I watch Gossip Girl. Do you watch Gossip Girl? Yes, yes, yes. Do you see they're coming out with a new season? Yes. And I am so like, I'm a Kristen Bell (gasps) out of anybody. And so just the cup, I'm like, yes. yes, Is she doing the gossip girl voice again? Yes. (gasps) Yes. So exciting there. So exciting. Roll in like, and with it being about becoming in tune with your body, ladies, when I talk to you about what things are supportive for what phase, I do want you to know that it's not about more rules or more things like that. But what we do need to do is call out some of the media myths or fitness culture things that we have been told so we can start eliminating that, oh, but this expert says, or it's best to do it this way because because if you don't acknowledge these fitness myths or these fitness culture trends, you're going to hear what I teach and be like, okay, yeah, that's great, but I have to do these things in order to see results. So let's just roll through them real quick. Some of the ones that I like to call out the most is like the harder you push, the faster and better results you will have. That is absolutely not true when it comes to us as women and being cyclical, because sometimes when we push through and when we 
go, we just hit it hard in the gym and do a really tough, long workout because that's the best thing that we can do to get the changes in the body, in our body that we want to see. Well, that doesn't take into account cortisol. And if you are constant, like exercise is incense, a stress. And during a particular phase, late luteal, cortisol is already higher. So if you add a tough workout on top of that, you're only adding more cortisol into your body and more cortisol means your body is going to store more fat. I love what you're saying. Hold on. I just want to pause on that one because what, what I'm hearing you say is like when I'm in that down phase and I'm feeling tired and I know those are the mornings, like when my alarm clock goes off to go to the gym, I don't want to go. Like I'm hearing you say it's okay. And maybe picking a different workout that week would actually better serve my body. And I can let go of some of like the attachment to, I've got to push it hard all the time. I love that. And the next myth is the best workout is the one that sheds the most fat, most fat, that builds muscle the fastest, that burns the most calories. And those are usually backed by studies. But what we need to know as women is about 60% of those participants are males. And a lot of times in these studies, they do take menopausal women into account or women who are on birth control because they know for those of us women who are cycling, those hormone fluctuations do bring them like a a red flag wild card within the desired outcome of their study. So that's just something to keep in mind that the best workout isn't always the one that's going to leave you the most sweaty and breathless and like feeling completely dead at the end of your workout as a bad badge of honor. Like that doesn't have to be the only sign of a good workout for me. Like I said, the reason why I think I've always had a positive outlook on getting a workout in, getting movement and exercise and activity in is because I've always focused on the outcome of feeling good. Well, depending Mm -hmm. on what phase I'm in, there'll be a workout that makes me feel really great and energized in one phase. And then in another phase, it leaves me feeling dead, drained, depleted. I want to take a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon. So just because, you know, if it's not a breathless, sweaty, um, draining workout doesn't mean it's not good and supportive for your body. Another myth is the make no excuses and push through kind of goes back to cortisol. It's a good, like our body rebuilds muscle stronger when in rest. And so if you sync with your cycle and you start scheduling and just being mindful of where you're at in your cycle and your workouts, you can put the push phases, like getting those in tough workouts in, um, maximizing your strength goals in certain phases, and then benefiting, benefiting with rest in the phase that really needs rest for your body. And then my biggest pet peeve myth of all time ever. And maybe that's because my back, I have a little bit of a background in uh, bikini competitor fitness competition life, but that aesthetics is the reason and the greatest measure of health. This one crawls under my skin Mm. and gives me the heebie-jeebies because just because somebody has just the most ripped, lean, sculpted abdominal area does not make that woman the depiction of health. 
And I, I'm not saying that to bash. I'm just saying it to be real about the fitness culture that these stage ready lean ladies are like, you look so great. Oh my gosh, you're so fit and healthy. When that woman may not be getting her cycle, her adrenal glands may be completely dead drained and shot. And if she, you know, feels so much pride being on that stage, I applaud her for that. If she has genetics working in her favor, I applaud her for that. But for us ladies to really think that that is the depiction of health, it is completely skewed and wrong mm-hmm. because I've been, around men, I've been around that industry and I can tell you some of them have unhealthy relationships with food, mm-hmm. unhealthy mindset relationships with their body, even though you would think like they would be in the most confident selves they are. They're not, their um, relationships maybe are suffering. And so these are just some of those fitness myths that I want to bring up because if we don't, when I share with you all of this stuff, you may be like, okay, but I still think I need to work hard to see results. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I do Pilates? I'm not sweaty afterwards. Does it even matter? You know? Yeah. So we have the harder you push, the more results you have. The best workout is the one that pushes your body to the max or gets you the most result. The make no excuses mentality and that aesthetics are the greatest model of health or the greatest uh, like storyteller of health. And I I love that you're saying all of that because on this show, I talk a lot about diet culture and how we value a certain body type above health sometimes. And like to your point where it's like, yeah, genetics might be playing a role or we don't know the story behind what it took someone to have a body type. And is that really healthy? Is that really living within um, my values? I love the make no excuses mentality that you're challenging because we as women, I think are already really hard on ourselves and have really high expectations. And then we have this pressure of like, we have to push through no matter what. And if we don't, we're a failure, you know, rather than sometimes it's not an excuse. Sometimes it's just against our biology. And, and I do think what I love, love, love about what you talk about, Joelle, is you give us the biology to support this shift in perspective. And it's not just like, well, I don't feel like working out today. It's like, no, your biology is different in this point in your cycle. So it's not really like, it's not a failure. It's actually a greater success and a greater relationship with your body because you're listening to it and you're working in alignment with it. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I truly hope to do is to bring that, that science and awareness, but also the practical tips of like moving your body every day is beneficial and important. It's just about the awareness. And like I said, I don't want this to be another set of rules that you think you have to live by. I just want the awareness of our biology to be like, okay, well, I understand why I'm feeling this way before my workout or why you know, that super long, intense workout felt really good on this phase, in this phase. And two and a half weeks later, that same workout, it's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pull your, like pull yourself to get there and whatnot. So should we roll right into the phases? Yes, please. 
Okay, so I like to start with your follicular phase. So that is after your menstrual phase has completed. It's about one to 13 days long, but what's happening hormonally is estrogen and testosterone are starting to rise. So you're kind of thinking of this like bell curve where your estrogen is rising, your testosterone is rising, which means your energy is on the rise. How can you use this for your workouts? Well, as you are finishing your menstrual phase, you can get back into the swing of things. Give yourself that slow and gentle permission to ease back into it. You don't have to jump right back into your most intense workout, but use that rising energy. And towards the end of follicular phase, right before-ish ovulation, that's when our testosterone is starting to peak. So if you are working towards strength training goals, you can know, wow, this is really a great time to challenge myself and up my weights and to um, maybe, maybe also know that this is a great time for circuit style training, cardio, moderate intervals. You can use this to work on those um, challenging strength training goals. And then you'll also notice after your workouts, you've done a tough sweaty workout, but you still have energy in your tank to continue throughout the day during your mm. days. Your body can sustain energy for longer workouts during this phase, then it rolls into ovulation. So even with your phases, don't think of it as like, a hard start stop with the different phases, they really do roll into each other. You're like you'll notice the rise of energy and the fall of energy very much mm -hmm. like a bell curve. And as you roll into ovulation, this lasts three to four ish days. And this is where estrogen is peaking. So you can have high outward energy type of classes. Maybe this is where you're really feeling like I can't wait to get to the gym and be around other people because the social light, the social light in us lights up during our ovulation phase. So high energy, high intensity interval training workouts, impact some cardio, get sweaty, classes with friends, like whatever intensity means to you during ovulation phase is a really great time to take advantage of that phase. So follicular ovulation, really just remember like that outward energy can be exuded and supported because our hormones are especially estrogen is on the rise. And that's where that outwardness comes from. Okay, then we move into our luteal phase and our luteal phase lasts between 10 and 14 days. And since it's a longer phase, I usually tip, typically think of it as early luteal and late luteal, mm -hmm. but you can simplify it by just having a little bit of heightened awareness the week before your period, because you're coming off of ovulation. So it's not like your energy is just going to like dip and crash completely. It's going to have a slower roll energy through the first week of your luteal phase and then roll into even more slowness towards the end of your luteal phase. So early luteal phase, your, your hormones are kind of still on the high end from ovulation, but there's also a little bit of a roller coaster. So during luteal phase, you may have some really great days where you feel like, man, I do want to really tackle that tough workout. And then other days where you're like, mm, nah, no, mm -hmm. I don't really want to do that. So that 
that is typical within your luteal phase. But what's really supportive in luteal phase, both early and late, is like slowing down the pace a little bit. So maybe doing more slow, controlled weight training, taking longer breaks in between your reps and sets. Maybe your duration of your workouts isn't necessarily as long. Like if you're typically going to hour long fitness classes, maybe dipping out 30 to 40 minutes in during late luteal, if you're really not feeling it, right? And so early luteal, I tend to focus on strength training, slow controlled, because that um, breath work and mind muscle connection feels really slow and kind of moving meditation to me. But this is the time where you may not feel like going to the gym, because our estrogen is starting to lower and progesterone is starting to rise. And that hormone brings us inward a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So you're feeling more like, yeah, I don't feel like getting to the gym today. This may be a great time to do some of those at home options that you have that are still in alignment with your goals. Then rolling into um, late luteal. So like that week before your period can be a tough one. I had a tough one right? And so you really want to just be aware of conserving your energy stores. So Pilates, bar, mobility, flexibility, oftentimes people think like yoga to slow down, but if it's a really intense vinyasa style yoga, that's, that's challenging. That's really hard. So yin yoga is more of like a static stretching type of feel, You can also just shorten your workouts during walks are really awesome during late luteal or slow paced jog, whatever feels right for you. But if you do intense workouts just the week before your period, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying bring awareness to it because yeah, maybe you do have that habit of getting up and waking up at 530 to get to your class at six but pay attention to how you feel the rest of the day. Because what I want you to know is your workouts should give you energy, not deplete you of it. And that means your workout doesn't look the same every single day because hormonally ourself on day six of our cycle is very different. Like our brain changes. The, mm-hmm. our way our brain is activating is completely different day six than it is day 24 of our cycle. And so it's really just changing things up intentionally. And oftentimes when I share that I'm, I teach about cycle thinking and fitness and nutrition, they think I talk about periods all the time. (laughs) That's the phase I talk about the least because I'm like, okay, when you start your menstrual phase, day one of your menstrual phase, take that rest day or just do something that feels good. Maybe you use your workout time for meditation and some stretching. But then as you start to feel the rise of energy, because for me on day two, three of my menstrual phase, that's when I start really getting my energy back. Because once we've started our menstrual phase, that progesterone dips down. Mm-hmm. That progesterone, And it's like, once I feel that progesterone dip, just like shift, I like start feeling like myself again I and love that. Back into our workout. So that's really how you can start changing and shifting what you're doing for your workouts and the, the intentional things that you're doing for your workouts 
based on your cycle phases. That's so good. You totally just validated me because I have one rule with exercise and it's, I do not work out on the first day of my period. And I, I actually hadn't even thought about it in terms of hormones until you were just explaining this, but I, it's good. It's validating. And now I feel like I have that extra layer of permission. Thank you for that, Joelle, <laughs> to just like chill out. Cause yeah, my body, it doesn't want to, it's like, absolutely not. You're not getting out of bed, but then yeah, day two or three, I start to feel like, Oh, Hey Jess, there you are. And we're ready to go. I so appreciate that. Now I am thinking, cause a lot of the women I work with, They really do have to challenge some of the diet culture. And I love the fitness myths that you shared today. So I'm thinking of them and even hearing you say some of this, I'm like, what about those moments though, when you're like, okay, I'm training for a triathlon or I'm training for this event, or I'm really trying to hit these goals. And now I've got this week where my biology is fighting against me. And it's almost like this resistance of like, yeah, but then I'm going to take two steps backwards. It's like, I'll take three steps forward the other three weeks. And then this late luteal phase, I'm taking two steps back. And so how do you walk women through that to like make them feel confident that they are continuing to walk on their health journey while still listening to their bodies and their cycle? Right. And no matter what your training preference is, whether it's you're a runner or a triathlete or a power lifter or anything, you will still benefit from a well-rounded complex fitness. And so this is really teaching you how to maximize your training with your body. So for example, instead of thinking of that late luteal phase as the week that sabotages all your efforts, Think of those things that you know you need to be doing to prevent injury, flexibility, mobility, you know, breath work is actually huge when it comes to training for triathletes, triathlons and marathons, right? Mm -hmm. To have that breath, body, mind control. And so scheduling those types of workouts based on where you're at in your cycle. So a lot of times when I give the example to this is really, and how, if you have your thing, how you can make it work for you is really changing your intention going into your workout Mm. when you're in follicular ovulation and early luteal phase. Yeah. You can go in it with energy and effort and challenge yourself. And then with late luteal, you've had three weeks of really challenging yourself. How will your body benefit from that rest? Right. And you can schedule some of those, um, steady state type of things or slow down mobility, flexibility for CrossFitters. Oftentimes they say you can still go to your classes and and do your workouts during luteal phase. Maybe you just want to focus more on range of motion. And that's not the time where you're like, I'm seriously going to put the most weight on this bar. You know, that for like ovulation, late follicular phase, you go into that workout knowing, okay, this is my intention. You can still do your training, whatever it is training means for you, but just with some different intentions that leads to a well-rounded component of health and fitness. Because when you have this well-roundedness to your programming, you're going to avoid being bored. You're going to work with your body instead of against your body. You're going to get the benefits of each style of training for your body for your specific phases, decrease injury, maintain your energy. Cause instead of doing depleting exercises during mm-hmm. those 
phases that will drain you, you're then being like, okay, I'm going to do activity that is going to give me energy instead of take it from me. So it really just brings you to this well-rounded complex um, health and fitness plan. Because for me, I still do love strength training and pretty traditional strength training. But this week I'm in late, late luteal. And yesterday I felt like Pilates today. I felt like cleaning my house very thoroughly, which is also a very late luteal thing. thing. I, I was like, that was adequate for my movement and activity today. And here I am at two o'clock in the afternoon, feeling great, feeling energetic, talking to you. Whereas if I would have just pushed through a really tough, you know, selected my most challenging weights during this week, I probably wouldn't have showed up with this energy with Mm -hmm. you today. Oh, that's so good. I love the permission to listen to your body and work with your body. Joelle, I just think the way you approach fitness is so unique and in the fitness industry, because you challenge those myths and you really go back to something that I believe so strongly in, which is our bodies are trustworthy and Mm -hmm. our body is the best dictator of what we need to do, not you know, what our influencer on social media said, we got to tune inward before we look outward. And I just so, so appreciate that about you. Now, I want to make sure we touch on what you offer folks, because I do think the programs that you have are really, really complementary to um, the food foundations that I offer. And it's something that I think would change lives if people did both, right? Like if they worked on the food piece, but then also brought in this like intuitive movement, because that's really what you're doing is intuitive movement, empowered movement, getting away from the rules and the be better, faster all the time. Like it's just incredible. So tell me a little bit about the feminine fitness program and what services you offer women out there. Yeah. So there's always my podcast. You guys come on over there. All the content on there is absolutely free. So it's just feminine fitness podcast. Mm -hmm. And then my program takes you through how to sync with your cycle. And I teach it in a very simple way of, okay, if you're in this phase, here's fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle support for that specific phase, you just focus on that one. And then you can move on and around the program based on what phase you're in. So you're living and learning at the same time. I also have in there a four week strength training program that syncs with your cycle because I do play around with changing up the weight and rep range based on where you're at in your cycle. For example, during, um, ovulation, early luteal, I tend to tell women, grab those heavy weights, let's lower the reps. And then in late luteal, yeah, in late luteal, we lighten up those weights and do higher reps. And it's a four, four day a week, four week strength training program. And then I do have a bonus module in there where I do talk about the things that are supportive of our metabolism, because so much of the approaches that we take for weight loss as women suppress our metabolism. Mm -hmm. And so I do have a big segment on metabolism support in the program as well. And the, the program itself is a self-paced course, but I do offer some one-on-one coaching opportunities. So if there was somebody who was training for a marathon, we could work together one-on-one, but the foundations is like, 
what we got to know and implement first. Awesome. Awesome. I will be sure to hit all your links in the show notes so you guys can get connected with Joelle. Thank you so much for being here. I just, I appreciate what you do and I'm really grateful for you showing up today, Joelle. And thanks for not working out this morning so you could show up with this energy level. (laughs) The house is super clean. So (laughs) for a few more hours, so I'm going to go enjoy that clean freshness. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.